Hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of The Provisional. It is Sunday, September 25th, 2022, and I'm Brad Cole. A special President's Cup episode this week, folks. Should be exciting. Uh, With me, as always, is Matt Baer. USA. USA. What's up, guys? I love it. Jeff Kaiser. Hey, guys. Good evening. Uh, Just a quick uh, congratulations to our last two uh, provisional uh, special guest, uh, Justin Smith's men's golf team, wins the McDonald Cup at Yale Golf Course with a, uh, a nice performance there, his third win as a head coach. And then uh, the women's golf team, Mariana Misones, shoots a school record 64 today, guys. Wow. Min- minus mm. eight with eight birdies and no bogey. So Woo. congratulations to uh, both the Gopher men's and women's golf teams. Fantastic. That's exciting. Uh, Jeff Munichy with us this week. Yeah, cheers and hash, uh, happy National Daughters Day. And I would like to wish a happy National Daughters Day to my favorite daughter, Megan Munichy. Awesome. Happy Daughters Day, Megan. Uh, and to all the daughters out there. And Jarrett Yalen from Egan, Minnesota. You know, I do love following Jeff Mune because I always learn what day it is. And then I have immediate regret for not celebrating whatever it was for, uh, for, for the day leading up to this. Um, gosh, you know, I love the team events. I love the president's cup. Whenever it's president's cup or Ryder cup, happy fall golf, everybody. The weather is here. Yes, it, uh, definitely has gone from a, uh, we had quite the stretch from like probably maybe August 10th to September 20th of like 70 to 85 almost every day and just a really nice kind of early mid-fall or early early fall if you will and now we're true hearty fall in Minneapolis we're looking at a lot of you know kind of 45 degree mornings and then days that are getting 60 to 70 degrees I think a lot of people might call that every day if they live in Orange County (laughs) but in Minnesota we call it a special time of year Uh, you can wear pretty much anything and it's kind of fun because there's a, a lot of different outfits to be worn as, uh, as we saw from the international team this week, you know, Adam Scott uh, getting the team on Saturday to wear, you know, 30 shades of khaki just uh, just to keep him uh, feeling like he's a young buck still. So uh, there's no I, chance, no chance Trevor Immelman was going to leave Adam Scott on the bench on Saturday on khaki day. No chance it was going to happen. No, I I was thinking for a second that Phil Mickelson would actually make us somehow like show up onto the international team roster just because remember there was like a couple years stretch when he would wear all the different shades of khaki and now Adam Scott has taken it to the next level. Uh, but uh, yeah, Adam Scott going full dad mode with all the, all the khaki and getting the rest of the team to rock it, which hilarious when you look at guys like Tom Kim and Sung JM and Siwoo Kim, you know, guys that are all in their early, early mid twenties and they're all out there wearing khaki. So, by, by the uh, way, regarding outfits, we've laughed about the 1999 Brookline shirts. Can we confirm, were they wearing Dockers? I would have to assume so. I'm almost 100% sure it was that Dockers. Had been Dockers. Yeah. Okay, it was Dockers <laughs> and, and those uh, those photo pattern shirts. Yeah. One, 100% starchy cotton on those shirts, for sure. There was, there was definitely no... No moisture wicking. There was only moisture adding at that point. There, uh, they could not have felt very good. But uh, you know, that's what uh, that's where technology was at at that time. So, uh, want to remind our listeners: the provisional is proudly brought to you by Matt Duvell with American Family Insurance. Matt is officed out of Forest Lake, so give him a call today for home, auto, life, and business needs. And he can help you with life insurance, you name it, all sorts of different things. Uh, MattDevell.com serving the five-state area and Arizona, 651-287-2662. Again, if you don't have insurance, give him a call. If you do have insurance, give him a call. Uh, He's a nice guy, likes his golf, and a proud sponsor of the show. So thank you, Matty D. Um, So President's Cup, it it came, it went. uh, It was fun having it in America. I would say that our fans did a pretty nice job of representing this week. Uh, Matt Bear, what are your thoughts on the week that was the 2022 President's Cup? You know, it gave me all the good feels, Brad. It's uh, golf's been kind of taken through the ringer here the past couple months, and it just brought back, you know, kind of all the warm fuzzies for me. Um, like like our friend Jarrett was saying earlier, team golf, legit team golf um, is just it's it's really fun to be a part of and watch and 
and uh, just see how much these guys get into it. And again, just going back to things that Homa said, you know, um, when he made that huge putt, he's like, money can't buy this type of experience. Um, seeing guys show out, uh, Tom Kim, um, what Jordan Spieth did this week, um, those those things you you just you can't get unless you're in this on that tour and in that type of format. And uh, I was just really glad to see golf in it in its best form. And uh, the internationals really put up a good fight. I mean, losing arguably four guys that were going to be on their team and, you know, scratching tooth and nail was, was really fun to see. And then, you know, the U S taking care of business like they needed to. Matt, you're talking about the importance of the event and all that and saying that this is, you know, this type of team event. So are you saying, are you questioning the, the dynasty of the four aces is that as you is that in question and you're saying that the president's cup meant more to you than watching the dynasty unfold of the four aces right now considering i've never watched one shot of four aces i would say yes <laughs> <laughs> it was you know i think well the biggest takeaway for me was tom kim uh and i think that that's what i love about this event is even though it's us versus them it's really a cool showcase of 24 guys and you're always going to meet someone that you didn't really know a ton about. And Tom Kim has been obviously like crazy trajectory in the last six months. Right. And I mean, his trajectory the last two, three days was nuts. And to see the emotion that he brought to the international team, I, I was so impressed with how much he even changed Siwoo Kim. I feel like we got so much more from Siwoo Kim than we've ever gotten before. And, and Sungjae and Hideki and all these different guys. It was so cool to see him lead that charge and really just get fired up. And, uh, you know, as much as I miss Captain America, Tom Kim was to me the, the story of the week. I thought Max Homa, I just, I don't know. I don't know what else Max Homa can do in the last five years. I mean, to think about where Max Homa's career has gone and how hard he fought to get to where he is. I think it's just so cool to see his money. I mean, what was it five years ago? He didn't even, you know, made a cut or two. And now he's like, he's, he's everything in the tour. Just, you know, look at what Tony Fiena was, all these different guys. It's just so fun to see them get to this next level, but I'm going with Tom Kim as my guy of the week for, for what I really enjoyed. You know, I was going to jump in and, and say of the 24 guys, they're all likable. You know, all the unlikable guys are now playing for live and they can stay there. I loved it. I thought, in fact, if you look back at the last four President's Cups, three of, three of the four have been really pretty close. And this one, you know, points-wise, it doesn't seem that close, but there's some great theater. If I remember right, I'm probably getting my stats off just here a little bit, but in the first two sessions, I think eight or nine of the first 10 matches went to the 17th hole at least. And that's awesome in the President's Cup or Ryder Cup. That's great theater for the fans at Quail Hollow. That must have been thrilling. Uh, you know, you, you got all kinds of, you know, kind of subtle things too. Cantley goes three and one. That was really subtle. Uh, Burns goes 0-3 oh, and two, but it seemed like he was three and two or th three oh and two. He was hitting putts everywhere, um, but he was really exciting. Obviously, as a Spieth and Homa show, Tom Kim was, was incredible. We predict this a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be the breakout star. Um, obviously, JT, I think he's like 16 and four in the past President's Cups and Ryder Cups. I mean, that's amazing. Um, Hideki hits a Marshall on 18, which probably cost him a great shot into the fairways. That, that kind of made it interesting. I Hold just, on, can we talk about the Marshall thing? You know, don't lose that Marshall thing. What, what was that guy doing standing there? Right. He was in the he was in the direct landing zone. Takes it off the knee. I mean, I mean, seriously, that was one of the craziest deals. And then he almost holed out actually from off the green too. Right. I mean, I mean, you were actually telling a story about your daughter Megan on National Daughters Day, by the way, hitting a marshal or a, a spotter at a at a tournament, right? The state state tournament. I think Brad was there. Poor guy. He was just a little bit too far out in the fairway. And she kind of pulled one a little bit. It would have been, it would have been either barely into the fairway or just just on the tree line. Hits the guy in the shoulder, ricochets right. into a tree root. And uh, you know, my daughter Megan, she felt bad because she hit the guy, but th this guy felt 
horrible because the ricochet went into a tree root. But for someone that just took a ball off the shin two weeks ago that had basically a golf ball sticking off of my shin, that Marshall's <laughs> leg tonight is going to be a throbbing mess. Yeah. But I, I just, again, it was great theater, likable guys. Trevor Immelman, what a stud, so positive, uh, such a great ambassador for golf. I, I was I was all in. Yeah, let's let's talk about the internationals. Just I, I want to stay on that a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of feel like they have something going here. I, I feel like they were unbelievably energetic, and Immelman is the man to lead the internationals moving forward. I know that Canada's coming up, and Mike Weir obviously is a very logical captain um, for that team, <clears throat> but he was crazy passionate, very emotional. Um, he actually, and I, and I think the team definitely respects him and kind of kind of looks up to them. He's very well-spoken. He's very thoughtful. In his, in his press conference afterwards, somebody kept asking about, like, underdog and, like, you know, this and that. And he actually says, quote, unquote, this team is no joke. I am sick and tired of it being spoken about us being a joke. We love this event and we love this team and we can't wait to run this back and get – another shot. He kept talking about being united behind the shield and something is happening here with the internationals. And to be honest with you, you know, out of the 30 matches, uh, you know, that were played, the internationals only led, um, I believe to start at only four of the matches. So they were playing from behind the whole time. They played very well in the back nine. That was talked about, you know, you know, I think with great detail on the broadcast. So there's something there. I think these guys really like each other. I think they had a taste of it now. These young guys that you guys have been talking about, you know, I, I think this is going to be interesting moving forward um, for sure. And by the way, Siwoo Kim, I mean, his, him coming out of nowhere from kind of being a stoic player to fist pumping, running around, super excited, beating Scotty Scheffler was probably, you know, I would say probably the single biggest upset of this uh, President's Cup. Sorry, Jared, I cut you off. No, 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 you're fine. I, you know, listen, I think Trevor Immelman is a good guy. Um, we've seen on social media that like, he's a likable person, but he's got some work to do if he wants to put together a team that's going to compete next time. I mean, only Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman were the only ones that didn't qualify because of live. And then um, Ernaban Lahiri and Mark Leishman are the only ones that weren't available due to a pick inside the top 20. Immelman passed on the 10th ranked player in points, Eric Van Ruin. He passed on Adam Hanwin, number 12. He passed on Ryan Fox, number 13, Mackenzie Hughes, number 14, and Lucas Herbert, number 19. And he went Siwoo Kim, number 20, Cam Davis, number 25. So I think Immelman's got a couple of things that he needs to do in preparation for this on how he evaluates players and puts people together. There was a time where it was like the, the first group out I looked at uh, Hideki and Adam Scott. I'm like, man, I get that they're that they're highly ranked players. I mean, they both know how to think their way around a course. They both wanted Augusta, but I thought that just seems like such an odd pairing. You know, we're used to seeing Aussies put together all the time. We're used to seeing South Africans put together all the time. And so I just thought the formation of the teams on the international side in the foursomes and four ball, I mean, it really ended up costing them the tournament. You know, I mean, um, it was six and a half, five and a half on Sunday singles. I think the story of this entire event is Jordan Spieth. I mean, coming into this, this tournament, he was 0-6 and 1 in singles. He won his first singles match ever in, in this event. And he put five points on the board. I mean, the only reason JT didn't put five points on the board is because um, you know, he 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 couldn't get past the singles match. Um, so if you look back at it and you look back at Jordan Spieth, he's one that we saw at the beginning of the year tinkering with his swing. We were all looking at like his takeaway, like what, what are you doing? Like with him trying to get it up high, really, really working on his takeaway. Um, and sure enough, you know, he, he wins RBC. He goes uh, second place at the Byron Nelson. Now he didn't finish the year incredibly hot a T eight at the open championship. And then he was cut at the FedEx St. Jude T 19 at the BMW T 13 at the tour championship. But I don't know if this is a, if this is a lightning rod for him going into the winter, I, I'm hopeful to see a, a good year from Jordan Spieth in 2023, because I think when Jordan Spieth is doing well, he brings eyeballs to the game in a really, really positive way. He's a great person on the course. He's a great person off the course 
And he wears his uh, emotions on his sleeve in a very, very optimistic and positive manner. So I'm hopeful for 2023, a very, very hot year from Jordan Spieth. And I'm excited what I saw this past weekend from him. So the funny thing is, I mean, I, I love your take on Spieth. Going back to kind of your really hot take on Immelman, maybe not making the right selections. I mean, I thought his reach picks based on world rankings really worked out. I mean, when you're looking at Cam Davis went two and three, pretty good there. And Siwoo Kim went three and one. Um, KH Lee went two and one. Um, you know, and Taylor Pendrith was the only one who was kind of out of that group who went 0 and 4, but he was so hot that you kind of needed to take him. So, I mean, like, I think he actually did a pretty good job selecting the team. Van Ruyen's injured, couldn't take him. You know, I suppose maybe if you want to add Adam Hadwin, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think those were pretty, pretty good. There was a little bit of criticism on the Ryan Fox, um, you know, non selection there. But I, I think his reaches, I mean, Munoz went 2 0 and 1. I, mean, I think the guys who he had to go up and rally to take because his, his pool was slimmed were excellent selections. I think it was some of the other guys who actually qualified, like Corey Connors goes 0-4. Um, you know, we're kind of, I mean, even Bezaden who went 1-0-1. So, you know, that's, so, a, I mean, that, it's that's a good you, point. You know, point taken, so, point taken. I, yeah. I, I agree with that, point taken. I think what I think what was missing from the international team was there didn't seem like there was a lot of camaraderie in the foursomes and four ball singles, those guys went out and they took care of business because it was just them on the course. They're playing somebody else. But it just it, it felt a little clunky to me because you're used to seeing uh, Bezayden Hoot and maybe Van Ruyen. And I, I get the injury, right? But like you're used to seeing South Africans together. You're used mm-hmm. to seeing uh, South Koreans together. You're used to seeing Aussies together. And that that felt like it was missing. You know, had had Neiman been out there, okay, well, that seems to make sense to put Neiman and Pereira together and pair them up. You know, I mean, they stay together um, when they go to different tournaments because they speak the same language, same culture, their country mates, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it was more so, Jeff, point well taken. Um, appreciate that. I think my point was really driven towards how you pair those foursomes and four balls so you get similar personalities or guys that want to play for each other and have a little bit extra like watching Cantlay and Shoffley walk around the course together and JT and Spieth. I mean, those guys seem inseparable, right? And, and and they got the results that they were supposed to get. And so I think, I think that's where I was probably headed more so with, well, these are awful players uh, or they couldn't hold their own. You're exactly right. They, they won, they won their points. Uh, It just felt like where's a little bit more, Sure. camaraderie that sort of thing that the emotion the emotion was missing for me yeah i it's interesting whenever we have this event one thing whether it's the Ryder cup or the president's cup i always like to think of like who got the best exposure whether it be a mm-hmm. player or a country or a part of the globe and in my opinion for years uh there's been a lot of criticism of the asian players on both the pga tour and the lpga tour and worldwide that they don't have enough emotion they don't have enough uh, excitement, pop, whatever it may be. It's, it's been a well-documented and well-talked about. And what Tom Kim was able to do for all of those players, I think that really was a huge turning point in golf. I'm excited to see where it goes going forward. Um, again, get Tom Kim in my veins. I mean, any guy that's going to change his name and go, you know, from Thomas the Train and go with the name Tom. I just, I love it. He's what, 20 years old. Like the, the whole story is just, it's fantastic. And it's exactly what golf needed. It's what the Asian market needs. It's there's just so many, it has to be so many people back in South Korea that were just watching this in absolute awe. And I, it really, really good for golf. There's two great things on Tom Kim. When he hit the putt on, on, and Siwoo Kim followed him around basically circling the green was fantastic. <laughs> and then his quote uh, talking about how he dreams in both Korean and English was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a stud. So, so, so my other favorite things about the, the event, kind of more side off, this is you talking about the funny stuff. Can we talk about the singles selection draft, like kind of press conference event? Now, I mean, we were watching this last night and they go like, you know, one, two, 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 and that's how they pick. And you see like these assistant captains and the, and, and the captain kind of huddle up every single time. And you kind of are watching Davis Love and who is he, who is he leaning on 
she's like there's a whisper in the ear and then trevor like whispers to the left and like camilla vajegas is trying to get in some of them mike weir's reaching over the top trying to get a little bit in that process by the way needs to be a part of every guy's or gal golf trip by the way by the whole draft process because yes. we were wondering like who is getting the most like um influence on the captain clearly the winner was fred couples fred couples easily Freddy, yes. for sure yep I mean, Freddie's kind of like almost like you were talking about the stars of this thing. Freddie, Freddie's presence in this event, fantastic. You know, I know he's been the you know the captain this three times. How has he not been a Ryder Cup captain? By the way, is there anything behind how he hasn't been a Ryder Cup captain? I mean, I mean, the man can. How, how about Freddie um, uh, texting and driving? How about the dash cam with Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> it's such. It's so good. It was the first. It was my first intro to the dash cam. I know maybe there was a shot or two before, but on Thursday they showed that and it was Freddie and all you could see was like, like half of the phone and half of his face while he was driving. Uh, just excellent stuff, man. I, uh, Freddie's a national treasure and his swing belongs in a museum. Going back to that conference though, that has to be mic'd up in the future. Yes. Just to hear, you know, they're, they're doing the yep. hand over the, over the microphone so they can't hear what's going on. Yep. That has to be mic'd up. And perhaps maybe some of the conversations would change if they're mic'd up, but but you'd love to hear like we're not putting that guy against this guy or hey, we, we gotta, <laughs> this guy we're gonna we're gonna send AT against this guy you know and I think it'd be fascinating to hear those guys mic'd up that that'd be a great hard knocks. I it reminded me a lot the way Freddie was being treated reminded me a lot of the scene in Moneyball where Jonah Hill is working for the Indians right out of college. And uh, Billy Bean, Brad Pitt's character, is trying to make a trade for uh, Rincon. I believe it was Rincon, and they're going. He's going back and forth with Mark Shapiro, and, and they keep on looking over at Pete. And all of a sudden, it's like you know, it's going to be a no. It's going to be a no on Rincon. It's like you know, then he goes and grabs him, and he's like, Pete, who are you? You know, and then gives him the call later that night. Pack your bags, Pete. You're moving to Oakland. Like that was like Freddie. Like whatever he knew, whatever Fred had, it was it was fantastic. And that kind of stuff to me, like. It's so it doesn't get talked about enough. Like I just I really enjoyed the event. It had a really good vibe. I love both captains. I think Davis Love is fantastic. Uh, I think Immelman was fantastic. I just I thought the golf course was great this week too. It was fun mm -hmm. seeing Quail Hollow a little bit different time of year. Uh, you know I was impressed with how the golf course held up. Uh, some different putts and some different movements on some greens that we hadn't normally seen for uh, other events. So I, I was. What do you guys think of the event? This, I mean, as, as far as the course holding up and the way it played versus how we normally see it, what do you think? I, I love the structure of how it looked with the, the stands where, where he had those, those, those kind of runways where you could walk down certain parts to the right, back to certain parts to the left. You could see two sides of holes. You, um, you know, the, the fans looked like they had just a great time and a great viewing aspect. So it, it just looked cool. Apparently this is the most or the biggest setup that a golf tournament's ever had, including Hazeltine here a couple of years ago, which I believe was the biggest previously. It looked really cool to me. 2,500 people on the first tee. It's incredible, Jeff. 2,500 people. That I mean, that's insane. That's like half of the sports pavilion on the first tee. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I want to throw a little credit to the Golf Channel. So after um, NBC finishes their coverage, it goes to the Golf Channel, and they just had cameras everywhere kind of capturing kind of the celebration afterwards. Um, and they, they captured the international team coming over and doing like a handshake line, kind of like a hockey post NHL finals handshake line. So the players go through the caddies go through, but then the amazing shift of when the wives of the international players came through the line. So it goes from like bro hugs and like high and like, like, you know, knuckles and this and that. And then all of a sudden there's these like classy like hugs when like the, when the wives come through, I'm like, I've never seen a handshake line where the players wives came through the line. So that was kind of funny watching that kind of change. But like, you know, you was, I was wondering what was in Kisner's water bottle like JT just openly handing out Mick Ultras right and left, like Xander going to the cigars hard, as we know. I mean, like, and then riding around with guys on top of the golf cart. Like, so that whole process and the fact that the golf channel just had the cameras running was great. But I will say, Mune, I know you love the, the great guys list. During this whole kind of mess of people running around, drinking, filling up the President's Cup with champagne, Spieth is over signing autographs, finding kids. Tony Finau is like, taking selfie pictures with anybody who would ask, like signing oh. more autographs, Homa's, you know, signing hats. It was 
like I liked how they kind of blended all that coverage, I think, to kind of show more than just, you know, guys having a good time afterwards. So I thought the Golf Channel did a really, uh, really, really good job kind of post-tournament there. And I just want to kind of mention one thing, too. I know I, I, I texted the group about this, but I, uh, one guy that just seemed to be missing from this whole thing, and I know we all love him, is Jason Day. And it just kind of reminded me of, you know, like how Mune talks about a lot of these live guys and where, you know, they're going to go from here. And it just, to me, it just shows you the, the difference between him and Tom Kim and how quickly you can fall off and how quickly you can rise up. So Jason Day was number 14 in the world at the end of 2018. He was as in, in 2020, which was just two years ago, he was number 43. So still in the top 50 in two years, he is now, I don't even think he was considered for the president's cup, which is absolutely amazing to think about. I'll give anyone a dollar if they can tell me what Jason Day's ranking is right now. It's worse than a hundred. Yes. Um, I can tell you that it's not in the top 100 and it's sure. just, it's very interesting. You know, you just made a little, I was just thinking about this and, and, you know, people are talking about who's coming in, who's coming out with everything that's happening with the president's cup was a success. The Ryder cup has been a success. All those seem good. What do you guys think about one additional event? PGA tour versus live another, another big battle. And I just think about what that would be like if you took your top 12, you know, if Liv really feels as strong about their product as what they're doing, how fun would it be if you had 12 from the PGA Tour and 12 from the Liv? And every every 30 or 40, however you want to do it, you know, it obviously gets a little trickly with all the other scheduling stuff. But what if you did PGA Tour versus Liv and start working in some of these other guys? Because I, I, I feel like I found myself throughout the week thinking, okay, so what would have happened this week if Abe answer or, uh, you know, Cam Smith, right? Cam Smith would have been, you know, or, or Leishman or Lahiri or these different Ortiz. guys. Yeah, you know, pick pick your poison, whoever. And because, again, we're going to have the same conversation next year for the for the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, like what's there's just a lot of questions of what's going to happen. So do we, you know, going into this week, especially after the first day or two, I was looking and I go, do we still need the President's Cup? Because that's what I thought. Like maybe we do live versus PGA Tour instead of President. Is the President's Cup good? And I made I, after watching the the past presidents on the first tee for a couple of days. That was awesome. That was really cool. Like I really think that the President's Cup actually has a great place. And watching Immelman lead and these guys fight back, I really think that the President's Cup is good. I, I was starting to question a little bit, but I think you know, the, like Mune said. The score doesn't show how tight it actually was. You know, 17 and a half to 12 and a half, I believe it. It definitely felt closer than that. And with the Saturday, I think the Saturday was so huge that the, you know, the international team won Saturday. That was really, really good for the, for the event. But I don't know, like, do you, do you have a PGA Tour versus Live in the future? Or you think that's, I don't think, I don't think it's possible because I don't think the two will ever come to an agreement that they, you know, that they want to do it. But I think it's kind of interesting. Well, the way, it would, the way it would work, in my opinion, well, I mean, I think we'd all like to see it, I guess, but there is absolutely zero chance that the current leadership on both sides, well, mainly that the PGA Tour would ever legitimize live. They would never do that. That was that do for the PGA Tour. It does absolutely nothing for them. So it would only boost live, in my opinion. I don't see that happening. But to your point, Brad, I, I think the President's Cup is great. I enjoy seeing new personalities. I think it was really competitive. It was kind of funny that after we talked about it last week, I think it was the following day or the day after Golf Digest ran a piece about how the President's Cup should be combined men and women. I still stand by. I think that would be an unbelievable event. Fascinating to watch, you know, foursomes with, you know, um, you know, men and women. Uh, I, I, I just think it'd be very interesting. Um, I think there's a place for it. You know, obviously it's in the history of the event. The USA's won 12 of the 14, only lost once. So, um, yeah, I, I think that getting, you know, the internationals need to win that this event sometime soon. Yeah, I, th I, I would agree with Jeff on this, actually. I think the PGA Tour would have everything to lose and nothing to gain. And Liv would have everything to gain and nothing to lose in this. 
Um, I think the international team, I think it's growing. I think the, I think golf is a global game and you're seeing it change. I mean, look how many, how many participants we had from Asia this year on the international team, just to give you some perspective, the 1998 international team during the president's cup had eight of the 12 players from Oceania. So Australia or New Zealand, I mean, it's just, it's incredible the way that it has changed a little bit. Um, naturally you, you, we've had a lot of South African players in the past with, um, Charles Schwartzel and, um, Louis Oosthuizen and, and Trevor. Um, but I think that you're seeing a, a little bit of a shift. You're seeing more Asian players now on the international team. And I think it's excellent. I, I really, really do. I think the president's cup is great. I, I mean, I don't know if I need to go ahead and, and you know, send, um, send my wife a calendar invite for it, but <laughs> You know, I mean, it's at Royal Melbourne here in a couple of turns here, you know, or uh, right. sorry, Royal Montreal. Uh, I mean, Royal Montreal is only an 18 hour drive. So boys fire up the van. Let's go. You know, I, like I'm totally in it's in, it's in Chicago next um, when we host it in 2026. Yep. So like, let's go. Like we've been talking about, you know, some municipalities or some places just want big events. Some want an actual PGA tour stop. I'm fired up to go to Medina in 2026 and see this thing happen. So consider me a huge, huge president's cup fan and how the international team is expanding. I I think it's pretty great. No, it's a really good point. And real quickly, I want to get everyone's uh, thoughts on who their player of the week was for each squad and then their favorite, uh, who they thought the perfect twosome was uh, the two man uh, partnership from each squad. But before we get there, we want to remind our listeners that, the provisional is proudly brought to you by Kevin Kreider with First Class Mortgage in Maple Grove. He can get you a mortgage. Uh, so if you want to buy a house, you want to get a cabin, investment property, you name it, Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota, Florida, give Kevin a call, 612-968-4590, or email him at kevin at firstclasscorp.com. Uh, he is the guy to get you a mortgage. So thank you, Kevin and First Class Mortgage for the the support. So I'm going to start off the next segment here talking about who do I think was the player of the week for uh, the USA and for international. And I'm going to go with probably some Homer picks, but I'm going to going with Tom Kim for uh, the international team, just because of what he did for uh, from an emotional standpoint. And I'm going to go with Jordan speed for team USA. Uh, Jeff Kaiser, who do you think for you? Yeah. I mean, Brad, it's hard to argue with speed. Um, you know, I think he and Homa, I think you could take your pick between those two. And then I, I would say Siwoo Kim. I, I, I think him being Scotty Scheffler today was an accomplishment. Um, what, what a what a fun match that was, too. So I, I would go Siwoo. Nice. Jared? I'm going to say Jordan Spieth. Um, I said it from the jump. I think Jordan Spieth uh, showed us exactly what we needed to see from him. Um, I did enjoy watching Colin Morikawa this week. Uh, you know, I texted to the group. He was my sort of my player to watch headed into the week. And he showed on Thursday why he is one of the best ball strikers and iron players in the world. Uh, all of his approaches were inside 30 feet. Uh, I mean, it's pretty incredible. And only four of them were over 20. Um, and for the international side, I'm actually going to say Sun JM. Two and a half points. He won his singles match over Cam Young. Um, Sanjay M was, was the international player for me. Nice. Jeff, Ian? you know, I, I think like you guys have already stated, Spieth goes five and oh, I mean, he is unbelievable. Uh, and just the enthusiasm that and energy level he brings to the team, but I, I gotta go with, I think who should become the favorite for the PIP Max Homa, uh, his quotes about how passionate he was about being on the team and winning, winning matches. And I think, I believe he went 4-0-0. Uh, you know, I think he said some, something to the fact of, come on, go 4-0. It's a dream come true. You know, he's talking to his wife about that. That, that was just awesome. Uh, on the international squad, you know, Tom Kim, Siwoo, but Munoz as well. You know, he had a couple big matches, uh, two good wins. Disappointing, you know, I felt bad for the Canadians. You know, they, they took the donut. You know, for the most part, that was, that was kind of tough. That was kind of tough sledding. But uh, again, it was just, I thought it was good theater. I, I was in for the for the weekend. I was loving all of it. Matty Bear? Yeah, obviously, I think your 
picks Brad were the the two correct ones, but going down that next layer, I would I would say Justin Thomas. Um, it's just funny to see how him and Spieth are really kind of the leaders now when they were the young guys. And now it's it's clearly those two guys. And they carried the weight. Between the two of them, they won nine points, Spieth five, JT four. Um, so I would say JT. And then for the internationals, um, if it's not Tom Kim, it's Siwoo. He, he was just doing things and came out of his shell in a way that I think was very unexpected. And uh very welcoming. I just thought it was really neat. And then to do his interviews, I don't know how many interviews I've seen him do without a translator either, which was also really neat to see too. So I, I really thought um, Sibu Kim had a, a great showing too. No, you know, that's great. Uh, Bear, I just want to throw up my last um, MVP because we're talking about MVPs here. I think the MVP post-game interview comment was Brandel Shambly. Always, always find something interesting to say. In his post-game comments, Watching those 24 gentlemen shake hands, the international side to walk over and shake the hands of the Americans, the nature of the way that, uh, that things have played out this year was great to see. I could not think of the contrast of that vision versus the video of the live guys on their blinged out disco private jet acting like they just solved world hunger. This, might, <laughs> this may be, not be all the best guys in the game, but they are the best players for the game. So yes. disco blinged out disco private jet acting like they just solved the world hunger. Just wanted to make sure I mentioned that tonight. No, that's good. I, so then the next question I have is of watching all these different teammates and two man teams in different mixes and, you know, different styles and watching everyone who is your favorite two-man team of the week? And that can be from either side. Whoever, when you watch them play, who are you going to go with? And, and for me, I know they did lose once, but I'm still going with Cantlay and, and Xander. I think they've just got a special connection there. Um, they're really, really fun to watch. It seems like they really get each other. And, uh, and then my backup would be uh, Kim and Kim. Those guys were they put on quite a show Saturday afternoon. What uh, Jeff Kaiser, what were your uh, favorite two man teams? No, I agree with you, Brad. I don't, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, I think that the, the Thomas B things, you know, certainly could be um, another choice for the, you know, for the, the Americans, but I think you hit it on the head. Jared, who'd you love watching as a two man team from either side? From either side, uh, they were 2-0 and this week, and I want to spend every waking minute with Tony Finau and Max Homa. I want to spend all the time. Like, if you give me 24 hours in the day, I want to have a slumber party. I want to stay over at their place. I want to go out to dinner. I want to get up and make them pancakes. I want to spend all of my time with those guys. You know, it's so funny because two years <laughs> ago when they had that playoff at Riviera – you know, you sit there and it was like neither one of them wanted to win, you know, because <laughs> you take it. No, yeah. you take it. Well, you take it. Two of the best humans in the game. Right. And these guys are both like, yeah, hey, let you have it, you know. And and so I and that's so spot on. That's really, really funny. Uh, Matt Bear. I like the guys that show a lot of emotion, you know, like I go back to the immune was at this event, but um, Keegan Bradley, Phil Mickelson pairing like that was a heck of a lot of fun because they showed a lot of emotion and fed off each other. Um, so for me, it, it, it would probably be JT and, and Spieth, the way they just interact with each other. Um, you know, they're very loose. Obviously, it's easy to be loose when you're winning a lot, but just the camaraderie they have and the connection they have for me is easy. And then um, the, the Siwoo, Kim and, and Tom Kim, just like Moon said, following each other, like following around after Tom Kim made that putt on the 18th green. And you just right. saw things that you normally didn't see. And to me, that was really cool. I tell you who I wouldn't take. I would not want to be on the Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns team this week. My goodness. I mean, oh, and three. I mean, the best player in the world only won half a point this, this last weekend. So who knows what we have coming from Scotty Scheffler in 2023? How long is he going to sit atop the world number one? Um, I mean, Matt, you said it last year after the Ryder Cup came to a close, like, hey, Scotty Scheffler looks like he's on he's on a tear. You know, he just took down John Rahm in the Ryder Cup, and here we go. And you were right. He went into 2022 um, like he was shot out of a cannon and, I mean, really fizzled out here at the end of 2022. So 
we'll see how much energy and stamina he has to get this thing back on track before we get into the heart of the 2023 season. So before we get into, because I like that route you're going there, but Jeff Mune, who is your favorite uh, two-man team of the week? I also like Fina and Homa, and my favorite moment of the week was was Homa knowing the ball was going in the cup and walking back <laughs> towards the team. And, I, I mean, it was Larry Bird, uh, 1987 All-Star Game, three-point contest. I, I love that moment of the week. Well, oh, by fantastic. the way. Charlie Woods just shot 68. Do we need to start thinking about him for uh, it'd be maybe 20, <laughs> 20, 29, 29 Hazeltine? That could be his first appearance. In the I mean, seven years from now, that doesn't seem to be a stretch because he's, what, 13, 12 or 13? So, I mean, depending on how things go, that doesn't seem to be – it sounds crazy, but it's, it's not that far away. I mean, think about it. We didn't know who Tom Kim was a year ago. We didn't know who Will Zalatoris was two years ago. You know, like the, the trajectory these players are on right now is just, it's truly, I mean, look at Cam Young. We hardly knew anything about Cam Young. And, uh, you know, he shows up strong at the Sanderson Farms last fall. And then he just kind of went on a run from there. So it's, it's interesting. So I want one hot take leading into the rest of the 2022-23 season. I want everyone to have a hot take. Like Matt Bear had last year, he was all over the Scotty Scheffler thing. He owned it. Uh, I want to hear a hot take from everyone. And I'm going to, my hot take after watching the President's Cup is that Tom Kim, at some point in the 2022 2023 season, will be a top five player in the world. Tom Kim, top five player in the world. That's my hot take. I believe he's currently 22nd. And I think he started the year at 131. So uh, that's, I, again, I, I've, been, I've been known to, to, to make some aggressive bull predictions, but, uh, you know, I'm going to Tom Kim, number top five player in the world at some point in the next year. Who else has uh, something based on what they saw at the President's Cup, a hot take or a, a wild take, or uh, as our friend Phil Mackey says, reckless speculation. Max Oma will win a major in 2023. I love that one. Yeah, I, I need to see a little bit more. Um, he's here. got all the he's got all the tools. I mean, the, like the meteoric rise that this dude has been on, Matt, um, in 2017, 2008. I mean, like he's just he's gotten better and better and better and better and better. 16th in the world golf rankings. You know, I think that's probably pretty close to I, I would guess that Max Homa might be close to top five by the end of uh, by the end of 2023. But I'm I'm going to go all in. I think Max Homa wins a major in 2023. I don't know if it's the masters. That is a tremendous, tremendous amount of pressure. Um, but you know, I mean, could it be something like the U S open? It's that Los Angeles country club. He's an LA guy. I like, I like the way this thing is trending and setting up for me. Okay. Could you imagine like a Max Homa, Tony Finau final round at LACC? <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> you want to sell some tickets, uh, Jeff Kaiser, hot take. I guess my hot take is that Colin Morikawa burst back on the scene. Um, that dude mm. is so talented for, for his sake. I mean, a little bit of a down year for him. He will be back next year. Um, my other hot take would probably be, would be, I think and it doesn't have anything to do with the president's cup, but I have this weird feeling that Rory's going to get the career, the career grand slam this year. Ooh, I like mm. that. Cut me in. Uh, Matt bear, hot take. Yeah, Kaiser kind of stepped on my thunder there a little bit. I need to see a tiny bit more, but I, I think Morikawa is going to have a massive bounce back here. Um, his cut was back this week. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, mm -hmm. To me, that that shows the control in his swing a little bit more. So I, I think Morikawa is going to really come back in a nice way. I need to see a tiny bit more, but I, that's how I'm leaning. If I had to go outside of that, I'll have to get back to you guys, but that's uh, that's where I'm going right now. There's so when, much to look forward to, right? When you think about, I mean, Will Cantlay win a major finally. Like he's been right there. Shoffley, right? Been right there. I mean, he's won everything but, you know, like a major at this particular point. Um, you know, we're talking about Morikawa. Will Horschel finally break through at a major? Will he finish in the top five finally? Is Spieth going to win a major again? He's playing great now. Is this going to help vault him in? There's a lot. And Justin Thomas, can he, you know, I have to say he came close in other majors aside from winning the PGA this year. So there's a lot of interesting characters. Tony Finau, will he win? Finally, I think all these guys that we just watched this week, 
I think where they where they're placed next year is going to be very interesting to watch. I think this just kind of makes us pay more attention to it after watching the President's Cup. I'm really interested to see where Scotty Scheffler goes in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very interested to see where he goes this next year. Uh, I still think that you know Will Zalatoris would be uh, to me. You know his major performance has been unbelievable. It's obviously a very small sample set, but it's been incredible the last two years. So. Uh, Jeff Mune, hot take in 2022-2023. So my, my first one is I, I believe Rory will win the Masters, but but I have a big I have a bigger one. I, I have a bigger one. When the world golf rankings go sideways here and Greg Norman gets fired from the live, five of the live players are going to want to come back to the PGA tour. <laughs> the PGA tour is going to say, no dice, go away. Wow. And, and, you know, it's interesting you say that because I would love to be Jay Monahan right now. And from a standpoint of how many people have already come back or at, you know, because there's been some conversations about people trying to play different events or trying to get different things for different stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening there. I think they just, uh, when Patrick Reed left the tour, he said he wanted to spend more time with his family. And then we just saw his September schedule. I think he's playing four or five weeks in September this year. So, you know, getting good, uh, good family time there uh and, weeks and, in a row yeah it's uh it's been very interesting to see uh what what's been said versus what's been done but uh before we transition to the next part of the pod we want to remind you that the provisional is proudly brought to you by Chris Haugen with Remax Advantage Plus part of the PT Properties Group in the Brainerd Lakes area she's your Minnesota up north lakes area real estate agent she can get you a house a cabin property you name it so Kevin's going to get you that mortgage Chris is going to find you the place. Uh, call her at 218-821-0292 or email her at chrisahaugen at remax.net. So thank you, Carissa, for the support. We really appreciate it. And uh, now we transition to talking about fantasy golf. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, fantasy golf talk uh, chatter over the, uh, the, the last year. We've already started the next season here. Uh, for those that don't remember, we've had one 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 week already that we made picks. Um, most of us missed the I shouldn't say most of us, but myself and Kaiser missed the cut. Uh, Matt Bear got sixteen thousand dollars with his Taylor Pendrith pick at the Fortnite. Uh, Mutant got two hundred seventy thousand with his Ricky Fowler pick, and Jarrett Yellen took Max Homa for one point four million. So now we have the Sanderson Farms Clat uh, Championship this week, and uh, pretty excited for that. You know, is there a heck of a if you look at who played well last year, you had Sam Burns won the event. Cam Young was second. Um, Siwoo Kim was eighth. Uh, Tagala was eighth. Uh, I think he had the lead early in that one. It was uh, Will Zalatoris was up there, HV3. Uh, a very nice leaderboard. And so as we make our picks for this week at Sanderson Farms, I am going to go with Taylor Montgomery is my pick. Um Kind of uh, a lesser-known player, just getting it going on tour. He played very well to close last year on the Corn Ferry and played very well at, at Fortnite. So Taylor Montgomery is my pick this week at the Sanderson Farms. Uh, Matt Bear, who are you going to take this week? I'm going uh, Denny McCarthy this week. Denny, Denny McCarthy. I like it. Nice. Jeff Kaiser? Denny McCarthy, another guy who wears the, uh, the old uh... – Nike Roshi's in the golf course. Great shoe. Uh, Nike.com, they're available. Actually, they're not available anymore, Brad. Um, I am going to go with uh, the next young American player who has been closest to breaking through and led this tournament, I believe, through three rounds last year. I'm going to go with Sahith Tagala. I like it. Uh, Jeff Mune, Rory is not in the field. Who are you taking? So I'm going to go with PXG extraordinaire, Joel Damon. Nice. All around good guy. And Jarrett Yalen, who are you going to take this week? He just had a uh, he just had a good week, earning himself 2.5 points for the international team. I'm taking Sebastian Munoz. Very nice. No, it's kind of fun to start seeing this fall season kind of start, you know, making its direction and uh, starting to take its uh, course. So we've got that going. Uh, our, our team this week uh, was on vacation. They were not able to do a question of the week. So we did not have a question of the week this week, but stay tuned to Twitter. We will have one next week. Uh, our team's working on drumming up something exciting for, you know, maybe Sanderson, Sanderson Farms related, maybe not. <laughs> um, 
but we did not have a question of the week, but we're working on on future questions of the week. And feel free to, to sh- give us a shout on Twitter or any of the social media uh, contacts and give us an idea for question of the week. Brad, I've got one thing just kind of in, in that vein. Again, it's not a question of the week, but this just happened to me last night. So I was at a fundraiser. I'm not going to say which one. And I won a golf package that we bet on. I'm not going to say for which course, <laughs> but it was for a foursome of golf. How would you handle this? Because we got the certificate and the expiration date was this year, not oh. next year. So I literally have a month to use it. Maybe. They've got wow. to extend it, right? Was Don't a, you think? Was this a gift or was it an auction? It was a, It was an auction. It was an auction. So this is something that you put money towards. Yes. And you have approximately 30 days to, to make this happen. Yeah. I mean, more or less with our golf weather. Yes. Yeah. Maybe less. Um, I'm available wow. week of the 17th wow. of October. Um, <laughs> yeah. Looking at my calendar here. How does quick. anyone wow. feel about Halloween golf? Is this, is, is that what you're looking for? Cause you could just send me an email and we can put a calendar invite out there and I'm good. Man, that's a great question. So if you, you know, because it's one of those deals where if it's a gift card or a, a, someone just gives you, you know, whatever it may be. Okay, great. It, you know, you get 30 days to use it. Okay, fine. It is what it is. But when you've made a bid on it and you've got limited time, my suggestion or my thought would be to maybe call the golf shop and, and see if you could get an extension on that. Uh, there's a possibility that that could be arranged, but uh, otherwise you're going to have to start looking at that. Uh, that 10 day forecast pretty closely. Yeah. I think we'll make a call to the golf shop, Brad. I like that call. So my question to you guys, before we wrap it up tonight, you're playing fall golf. Okay. And whether you're taking a trip, playing your home club, whatever it may be, what are your biggest pet peeves about fall golf? And I will start it off the leave situation. It's we're just about to get into leave season. (laughs) Leave season is atrocious. It's, it's, it's brutal. And it's not the course's fault. It's mother nature. It's just how it goes. But to me, the leaves are probably my number one. And my number two is when you show up and you didn't know ahead of time that either the fairways, fairways, not as big of a deal, but fairways or greens have just been punched. Uh, Cause it's very common this time of year. And again, a lot of places might've punched more, you know, end of August, early September. So we might be fully healed at this point. And, and I think that probably the biggest part that I have the frustration with the aeration is when they don't fill them, you know, you get greens that where they don't fill the, the sand all the way to the top. They do like a partial fill. And, mm-hmm. and I understand sand's expensive, but from a long-term standpoint, you're going to have more f- customers frustrated if you don't fill it all the way to the top. Cause you know, some places that do it really well, they're healed in three to four days. And then there's other places that it's, you know, one to two months. Uh, or if they did, you know, if they punched September 15th, and they did a light sand in there, they might not heal till next spring because you get some cold snaps and it doesn't. So what are your fall golf pet peeves? Wow. That's those a great topic. Yeah. Those are good one. Uh, good. I, I was, I, I was like thinking Kaiser's of both of those when you, here. when you came out with that question, I like both of those came right to my mind, but I'll actually go with my third one then is that the number of wardrobe changes that can happen on the course are, I mean, you're talking at least half a dozen, you know, I've got, you've got the long pants on, you might have a base layer, then a polo shirt, and then a windbreaker. Maybe sometimes the vest is coming on and off like Scotty Scheffler master style. Um, I always go choppers. So I go choppers uh, with like little heat packs guy. in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then probably and- maybe the worst thing, Jeff, actually, is when you get in the car afterwards and you realize that you are playing into a stiff wind all day long. And you go through an entire tube of chapstick the moment you get in the car. Oh, or like the hot face from the wind, like the hot, <laughs> like like the next six to seven hours of hot face. And, no, or like the knit hat, the knit hat's an item you got to have in the bag, like swapping between the knit hat and the regular hat. But, you know, guys, like my biggest pet peeve about fall golf is that it's fall golf and the season is ending. And you have limited days. You start looking at the calendar, trying to squeeze one in here. Oh, it's going to be 46, but sunny. I can squeeze it in. <laughs> like, like you lower your standards so much during fall golf just because you want to get a couple more in. I think the fact that the season is ending and falls upon us is my least favorite part about fall golf. There. The, the bigger question I have, though, 
do you have more forgiveness or slack for weather in spring golf or fall golf? Because I feel like in the oh. spring, we're so chomp at the bit to get out there. Whereas, you know, it's 50 degrees, guys. It's, you know, there's only a four mile an hour wind. It's perfect. I feel like we play way more crappy weather, higher crappy weather tolerance in the spring than we do in the fall, just because we are so starving. That's my opinion. But again, you get a perfect fall day. I mean, the, the perfect fall day does, you know, 65, five mile an hour wind, you know, it's just, it's perfect. I, there's, there's so many different things about fall golf. I think some of the trickier ones is when like you start getting real late fall and we're kind of into almost like winter. Um, but then the courses will reopen, you know, the Rum River Hills national is, is notorious for the, you know, a good November, December season. And you come back out, you haven't touched the clubs for a few weeks. Uh, you've got a little, maybe a little bit of ice in the fairways, you know, a little deeper down. So you got to, you know, keep it very flat. Don't get up and down on it at all. You don't want to, you don't want to, <laughs> but the best is then you get the, the ice. You know, this is more, I guess, early spring, but sometimes you get it in the winter when they open, you know, the ice on the course. So you got a dog leg and you're, you're, you're bouncing it across the ice, uh, you know, and depending on the thickness of the ice, you know, you might break the ice or you might actually, you know, get an extra 50 yards. There's all these different little elements to it. Matt Bear, what do you hate about fall golf? Well, I'm not a long hitter to begin with, as you guys know, but my ball, it just doesn't go as far in the fall. All right. It's just the, the air's not as light. It's heavier. My, I probably lose 20, 25 yards off my drive. And then if it is in the fairway, like you said, Brad, you, you have to, you know, go against the leaves and you could lose a ball in the fairway because <laughs> of the leaves. So probably those two things. Jeff Mune, fall golf pet peeves. You know, I'm not sure if it's that big a pet peeve, but it's maybe more of a challenge. Uh, Jarrett mentioned something about the clothing and the attire and the layers. The other thing is how about your hot coffee or your cocoa or as we as walkers, that becomes somewhat problematic because that's spilling all over your mittens, your two gloves, your cart. You're trying to trying to hold it, trying to drink it as you walk. Uh, that's that's more of a challenge. Um, I, I I hate when you get cold early. It's just really hard to warm up. So I, I think all of us here enjoy the walk and probably walk much more than than we ride carts, but. Man, if you get if that chill gets in the bones, it is so hard to warm up by the end of your round. Mm. How good is a cup of hot chocolate sound right now? My goodness. (laughs) So the big plus, one of the big pluses to late fall golf, let's just say first week of November, you get a 60 degree day. The leaves are gone already. So the trees, you can hit the ball in the trees and you can still score. So you don't have like the branches hanging over the leaves. Like there is a there is some positive to the nice warm day, early November, late October, once the leaves have already fallen. Bonus. Absolute bonus. I yep. will say that there's probably like a one or two stroke differential uh, playing rounds between November 1st and May 1st, um, be- especially courses that have a lot of trees. Um, I'd say it's probably one to two strokes easier at that time of year simply because of the no leaves. You know, you can get through so many trees and not get penalized as much as you normally would. So that's a really good point, Kaiser. I think Mune and I played, I want to say like Thanksgiving a few years ago. We played at, at Albion. We played uh, December think, 7th. Was that December 7th? Okay. It's December well, 7th. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we had, and I think that was the year too where we played, uh, you know, rum was open. There was like 65, 70 every day in uh, first or second week of November. So we've had these little stretches of, you know, very playable dates. So it's kind of fun to look forward to. And that's where, I like talking about the pet peeves because the reality is, is when I start complaining about all this stuff in fall, I think, hey, buddy, you don't know if you're going to have another round for five months. So just lock it up and, uh, and enjoy it. And I think yeah, that think that's some of our conversations in the spring. Let's say the five of us uh, got on the phone and and we're just like, hey, you know, it lo- looks like, uh, you know, so and so course to open up looks like 38 flurries. We're all like, yep, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's kind of like it's 38 and flurries. We're like, ah, what course are we playing? Is it the afternoon? <laughs> totally. And I think, you know, another one that I didn't say, and this is maybe more of a spring issue, but fall as well. When you get that uh, that thin four iron, uh, you know, when it's like forty five oh, degrees, and you get that 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 thin four iron, always really just something I don't enjoy. Yeah, the so handful a, of bees, handful of bees. 
Yeah. And, and the shacks, you know, the, the shacks or the turns or the grills or whatever it is, you know, they're not going at the strong summer hours, you know? So even if you do, uh, maybe you need a late afternoon snack or it's an early lunch or whatever it is, uh, you know, sometimes the cart's not out there either. Right. So it's just a different deal. Like, you know, you truly do have to love the game and take every opportunity that you get, especially here in Minnesota. Um, I mean, looks like we got some good weather for the next 10 days, Matty Bear. So um, if you can't make that change, hit me up. Let's do it. Well, that that's a great point, Jared. As you mentioned, the college kids who work a lot of these positions are now back in school. So the, the BevCart appearances, as we found out on one of our recent trips up north, uh, can be slim to non-existent when you're expecting something, uh, maybe a mid-round nourishment or something like that, or or a bevy. But and then there's just nothing to be found for four hours out there. It's a dry wasteland. Hey, what was her name at the wilderness? Was it was it Beverly? Was it? Oh, Beverly. Yeah. Oh, she Beverly. was fantastic. It was Beverly. Yeah. Oh, she so. was amazing. She hit us. It was maybe on like the third fairway or something like that, or right after the third green. And then she starts giving us tips. She's like, oh, hey, by the way, the next hole, like the pin is in the back. So make sure that you leave your shot short up here. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's the first time I've ever got a tip on the course from the Bev cart person. And she, you know, like, I mean, Beverly was pushing 70 years old. Like she was definitely collecting social security. So I, I was her. like, she was, it was amazing. Friendly. I loved it. She, she also she also was forecasting her next appearance that she would see you. Yeah, so she was giving yeah. you like the like the window of her next arrival yeah. so you could plan accordingly. No one does that. What yes. a pro. I think we could have an entire <laughs> podcast about uh, the top performers at, at facilities, yes. uh, you know, at different places. Beverly definitely got a, a, a an a plus from our crew up at the uh, the wilderness at fortune bay the prediction of the next time i'm going to see you is such a veteran bev cart play because <laughs> they, unbelievable you know well they know that's what you're thinking is hey you know and and that's hard to know right if you don't know if there's hey we've only got one cart today okay we only have one cart well why don't i get a cooler and i'm gonna get a few things and put in a cooler or you know, get me one extra beverage or one extra candy bar because I'm going to want something in an hour. But if you're not coming back for two, whatever it may be, it's uh, it's fantastic. The other thing I really love this time of year is when you get out there and you're kind of chilly. I always enjoy a good dog at the turn, but a, a dog or a broad at the turn right now, you know, when you're playing like a 45, 50 degree day and you're a little chilly and you get a good warm dog or brat right off the grill or or roller dog, whatever it may be. Um just something about that just really fires you up for the uh, for the back nine. I, I have I have my new retirement job. I've thought about this all weekend. I am going <laughs> to roll out a Blackstone, and I'm going to be there at the turn at future golf courses, turning over dogs, brats, burgers, skewers. That's the skewers. The I love it. it. It's the better position for you, Mune. You know, I know that you've always said like, hey, listen, I'm going to be the starter at Tiana. But how many times do you do you get to a course, whatever course it is, and like the starter hits you on one, you know, you're he starts giving you his dissertation. He's hit you with the same joke that he's hit the last five foursomes. And it just feels stale. And at the same time, you know, one of you might be digging in your bag or somebody's marking their balls. Nobody's really paying attention. So like if you're this engaging personality, the starter position probably isn't for you because a lot of people like they don't want to hear from you. They just want to get to the tee and go. I think, I think serving up. Yeah. I think serving up grub at the turn is the better thing to do. That Blackstone I'm ready. Plus you look at a place like the wilderness that is now become known for their grill service at the turn and after the round. And it really changes the whole day when you know, you've got a fresh dog or brat or whatever available every couple hours, you know, you're going to be able to see them and, uh, I think it's great when places do something like that. Plus, there's just something about the smell of food coming off the grill that, like, it's just so much easier to sell more stuff when you smell it off the grill. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of a special little uh, thing. So I, I really enjoy when places do that. And, uh, and I know plenty of other places do it too, but it's a very, very special experience there. We want to remind our listeners that the provisional is proudly brought to you by APK Charities, Bob and Helen Pedersen Kaiser parents of Captain Andrew Pedersen Keel created the APK Charities Corporation, a Connecticut nonprofit 501c3 to properly honor and remember the ultimate sacrifice made by their son, Captain Andrew M. Pedersen Keel, 
U.S. Army Special Forces. APK Charity seeks to raise awareness and support for our active, retired, wounded, and fallen warriors and their families, and to provide direct financial and material assistance to charitable organizations and causes. So thank you so much for their support. Uh, for more information, to learn more about what they do, uh, check them out at apkcharities.org. So, and we got one more, uh, read one more uh, sponsor this week, uh, Jarrett Yalen with Northwestern Mutual. Give him a call, 612-209-4523. Check out his website, jarrettyalen.com. Uh, he can help you with life insurance, stocks, bonds, you name it, all sorts of stuff. The uh, The market's a very interesting place right now, and, and Jarrett knows all about it. So give him a shout. Uh, him and his team are ready in uh hanging by the phones right now. So give them a shout. Uh, we appreciate their support as well. I tell you what, we've uh, we've had quite the show here. We've got a lot more stuff next week to talk about, but uh, we're going to wrap it for the night. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Matt DeVell with American Family Insurance, APK Charities, Carissa Haugen with Remax, Kevin Kreider with First Class Mortgage, and Jared Yalen with Northwestern Mutual. Please find us and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Interact with us on Instagram and Twitter. And email us any show ideas at the provisional golf pod at gmail.com. Until next week, folks. Cheers. <laughs>